Hello, everybody, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian. I'm here with Allison, and this is HBR Debate. I forget what number we're on. We've done, like, getting into the 50s now. Yeah, HBR Debate number mm. 59. Mm. Uh, we're going to be looking at an interview, and this was making the rounds today. There was a video clip, an interview conducted by the YouTube channel Cafe, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Canadian Association for Equality, in case you guys don't know. We've had uh, Justin Trottier, I think he's the chairman of that group. We've had him on a number of times. Um, Prim Reaper works with them, and, you know, they, <clears throat> they have a, an interest in helping uh, men and as well as families, you know, more broadly. And uh, they, they spoke to this, this therapist that works at a manifest counseling for men in Vancouver. His name is Cameron Gibson. And <clears throat> there's, uh, I guess the, there's been some concern over aspects of this, of this interview. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that uh, Paul Elam had something to say about it. Uh, Prim definitely has things she wants to say about it, although we'll, we'll talk with Prim uh, Sunday and mm -hmm. get more involved in this but um mm -hmm. but yeah we definitely want to conduct some critiques of this of this uh interview so mm -hmm. is there is there anything that you want to say before uh say a few things regarding that before we uh well, the usual thing that I have to say is our monthly fundraiser is on. It's at feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz. It's to assist Brian, Prim, and Hannah creating content for the channel. So if you want to make sure that this channel still gets content, at least their content, please go to feedthebadger.com slash projects slash badger dash media dash blitz or just feed the badger and follow the pop-ups. Uh, in terms of this, I have seen a small clip and it appeared to be that this individual, I, 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 you were saying earlier that you didn't have too much that you took issue with with the, the entire podcast. But at one point, the, this individual, Cameron, uh, Cameron Gibson, yes. talks about how men are, we, we, should, we should assist men because men are essentially to blame for a lot of the problems that women face, women in society face. Uh, is that would that be a fair estimation of what he said, or would well, you want to? I could just that? I could just play the clip, but we sure, don't have sure. to worry about uh, you know misrepresenting. So, um, all right, let's get the clip up. Uh, Attention on men. <laughs> and all right, you're going to be able to hear this. I'm going to have to decide. And again, guys, okay. I know that the screen looks wacky. Remember, we're doing this for copyright purposes. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, it's going to have to look like that just to, for our own protection. But if you want to, the original links are in the description. Uh, that is, includes the full-length 45-minute interview. With, um... mm. And so what, what do you think is behind that? And, and what's, what would be your response to any possible critics who say you know men don't need it yeah so 
Uh, we were worried from an optics perspective that we might be crucified for creating a men's clinic and the opposite happened. Um, so I, I consider myself to be a feminist. I have some feminist friends. And so I started circulating some of our social media, circulating the website, and we had incredibly positive reactions. So I feel like there's allies. Just pause for here. Yeah. Why would he, why would he assume initially that he would be crucified for having, for creating a service for men's mental health? Because he seems to be acknowledging a reality here um, that a lot of people face when creating services for men. But then he says he ha he had the opposite of what he expected because he's probably expecting to get significant pushback for recognizing men's vulnerabilities and creating a service to to actually assist men with those vulnerabilities. Now he didn't get the expected pushback, which there will be a reason why, and it'll be we'll go through it shortly. But it's interesting that he does acknowledge that I mean, he later he does acknowledge that there are certain people who do consider this to be a zero sum game and they become upset at the idea of of a, of services for men so I, I just wanted to point that out so he is acknowledging a reality here even though yeah. he says that it didn't didn't affect him personally so yeah and and uh just to add to that um i don't and i said this to you when i was when i was you know we were talking about this before mm -hmm. um to I, I feel like him saying, I am a feminist and I have feminist friends, is like a defensive move. Like, before you mm. crucify me, I just want you to know that I don't hate women because I want to help men. And mm -hmm. I have a bunch of friends that also agree with me, right? It's, and I mean, like, I understand that people have this instinct to mm. speak in this like they frame things you know you and i were talking a little bit about this with regards to labels and how you know people think that um believing a certain like having compassion for a certain group of people mm -hmm. is something that is deserving of tremendous praise when actually it's most people's default position again you know he thought well i i it was the opposite of what I was expecting, and I was expecting a bunch of pushback. Well, first of all, from who? Patriarchs? Mm. And if you were expecting a bunch of pushback and you were expecting to be demonized and, you know, uh, lambasted for wanting to help men with therapeutic services in the mental health for men who are, you know, struggling with all kinds of personal, emotional, psychological problems, were you going to get that from men? No, I don't think so. So where were you going to get it from? And before you, and you, instead of, you know, sort of like identifying why that exists, why there is so much resistance. And then you, I, I'm again, I don't know if he has or not. And I don't want to attack the guy. Um, Cause I'm of, I'm of, um, I'm of, uh, of the belief that a lot of people, they just operate under that default framework mm -hmm. of, you know, feminism good. And so, like, everything else is them trying to work it in to that framework that's already been created. So, mm. a man who, a, a person who wants to help men, there, I, I mean, there is no connection, or there should be no connection between th that 
and identifying as a feminist. But it mm. seems like you have to. Like you have to say, you know, to to the to to the establishment forces, look, I don't hate women. I don't want to harm them. I just want to help men. And you have to say that in 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 this manner, you have to say, look, I'm a feminist and, you know, all of that. And I, I think it's something that is so ingrained. It's very difficult for people to even recognize that they're literally operating for fear of being destroyed by the thing that they're claiming to be so mm. that they're not killed by it. It's like, you know, it's like the mouse asking the cat for, for forgiveness or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I'm making sense. Well, I think I know. Um, it, essentially, what they're doing is they're saying, well, it, later on, at least, there is no, if we identify that there, that somebody, that there is a war on, and he's responding to the fact that there is a zero-sum game out there, and there are people who think that if you advocate for men's issues, then you obviously hate women, or you're against women, or you um, are, are whatever. And uh, so obviously there's people who have made this into a conflict and made this into a zero-sum game out there. And he is preemptively appeasing them. And the, what I wanted to point out is, despite the fact that he is aware and was worried about getting crucified, he doesn't seem to consider, at least not in this clip, that men, individual men, may also also feel exactly the same when they seek out assistance from mental health and uh from from these from these pla from these places that might be ideologically possessed in, in with this zero sum game so because later like well let's let's continue so all right uh, well, I'll yeah, we've play identified... little, yeah, let's play some more i'm just saying this this is an uh not an unusual phenomenon mm. where a man who you know legitimately wants to help men but in 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 preparing to help men he gets trained and he gets educated under a feminist model so he, even if he is well-intentioned he comes out the other end and if he doesn't challenge the ideas that have been he's been told that he's going to have these kinds of preconceived notions around us to remind people before we continue yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That, uh, you know, the Super Chats really help us pay the bills, so please send them in if you have any questions or any concerns. Uh, and uh, they also make, make it sort of justify why we're all still allowed to be on YouTube. Yeah. So. Yeah, and okay, maybe you disagree with us, too, because like I said, you know, this is one of those tricky things. Like, um, you, these, Cafe is doing some good. They are helping men. Mm -hmm. And I can't deny that, and I hope that they continue to do that. But they also um, should be on the lookout well, that they're not, like, doing damage just at a slower pace, you know, or, um, or, or otherwise potentially doing harm because the framework is either uh, built on a feminist foundation or it's constantly appeasing the, the you know, the, the, the default position, which is the feminist position. And uh, also, this is not this. This is this uh, manifest is separate from cafe. Yeah. Um, I would also like to point out that the reason why we call it feminist, and it's not explicitly feminist. Feminist is just one version of this particular attitude. But there is an expectation that men be seen solely in terms of the help or harm that they give others, rather than their own needs. 
And this is a, not, it's not just a feminist expectation. It is no. a traditional expectation of men. Yes. And feminism simply refines it and presents a new version of it. But it is presenting that version in the context of, uh, of uh, blaming men for a lot of things that is not actually been proven that they are at fault for. So I just wanted to point that out. So it's not just the feminist context. It is also the traditionalist context that sees men in terms of help or harm for women. And almost exclusively so. And basically stigmatizes their needs. So yeah. let's let's continue. All right. That are supportive of men finally getting the mental health support they actually need. Because men are often at the root of a lot of the problems in society. So... Um, abusive relationships, alcoholism, you know, violence uh, to each other or to women, whichever direction it goes. Um, so if men get support that stops them from developing into people like that, obviously not okay. all men do. Okay. Okay. No. He's a little long-winded. Go ahead. Yeah, I know he's a little long-winded, but also that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. The idea that men don't exist, like men's needs, men's point of view don't exist as their own thing, but have to be seen in terms of service to women or society or harms or helping women in society. So we can't actually just, you know, just sit with the idea that men can be vulnerable to things. We have to immediately reframe it in terms of men who are in this state have the potential to be harmful to women because it, it, it goes back. It immediately flips from being about how men are affected by something, how men are acted upon by society or women in many cases, because when we're talking about abuse and sexual violence against men, it's mostly women doing it. So when we're talking about those things, there's a lot of discomfort with that idea of just sitting with the idea of men being acted upon by society and women, just acknowledging men's victimhood and men's vulnerability, huge amounts of discomfort with it. So we immediately have to reframe it in terms of men harming women or men harming society. We immediately have to reframe it in terms of men being the moral agents of the situation. And yeah. that doesn't help, in my opinion, in my, in my experience, doesn't help men who are in need of assistance or things that they're dealing with. It doesn't help to be tended to or to have people like this individual who cannot just accept a man in need without reframing it in terms of his beliefs about how gender should play out in the real world. Because that's what this is what he's doing. He's reframing this entire issue in terms of his beliefs about how gender should play out, what men should be, what women should be. And because of that, He's making, addressing men's needs, psychological needs, secondary to asserting and supporting and ensuring the continuation of his particular brand of gender roles. You see what I'm saying? And his are basically feminist gender roles. Men are to blame for things like abuse, things like sexual abuse. Uh, physical abuse. They're to blame with patriarchy. They're to blame for 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 privilege, et cetera, et cetera. And that is his particular ideological role. And this is this is one of the issues with with approaching assisting men from an ideological perspective. Eventually, feminists or even traditionalists have to make the choice 
between their particular ideological perspective or their particular belief about how men should be and how women should be and actually helping men. And they always default to putting, in this case, feminism first. Hmm. So if it's a choice between helping men and and putting feminism first, they always, always put feminism first. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it, it's it probably should be pointed out that in a way, this interview is a promotional thing, right? Uh, Cameron wants the audience at at Cafe's uh, YouTube channel um, to check out, you know, his services, his organization, and how you know he's doing things. It, it, he frames it as sort of like a creative approach to helping men. So, in the reason why I think that's worth pointing out is is that the um, the desire to sell male services as something that women benefit from uh seems to be coming out right because he's basically saying that and and i'm sure that if pressed on it he'll say look i just want to help men for their own sake but there is a default framing that's happening he's not seeing what he's saying and i think it's because um the feminist doctrine and you could just say the traditionalist feminism is just traditionalism on steroids really um is that men have all the agency they're hyper agents if they are then how can we possibly pity them how can we possibly see them as vulnerable you know uh how could we see them as people who can be victimized if we have also simultaneously assigned them with all of the power all of the agency all throughout history and the only way you could see that 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 that, you know that they could be vulnerable that they could be victimized is if that victimization later results in them harming people that we do see as victims or Or if they or if we we say that men have done it to themselves basically oh yeah or if we're just saying that men are just doing that to themselves okay so all right i'm gonna keep going um we can derail a lot of these issues that are centered around men and make sure that they get the support they need and become the incredible members of society they can become. Well, that's because God knows when you're suicidal or depressed or you're having anxiety issues, you want a therapist to you know walk into the room, sit down with all of his authority and his checklist, and then look at you in the eye and say, "Now let's discuss how you can become." Uh, a, a productive and decent member of society. I know you aren't now very good, but you know we can we can work on that. We can make you a decent human being. You and I. I mean, I don't have much to work with here. The material's a little shitty, but we can do something to make you a human being. Like what? Like up to this point, and I know that I'm getting a little bit heated. But seriously, does this guy listen to himself? Like, uh, go back. Let's listen to it again. Just go back like 10 seconds or how many for many seconds. Yeah, there, there you go. I think I know a bit more. Yeah. The support they need and become the, the become. support they need and become the become. incredible members of society they can. Uh, the, the become. Become. Okay, so you're a man with suicidal ideation. You're a man with depression. You're a man with anxiety. You're going to come into his office. You are going to sit 
down and he's going to tell you how to become a decent member of society. Yeah. Like, honestly, at this point, I can't recommend this person or this service. Um, unless he was just like, this is a situation where he's just, he's, he's freezing up because he's on, on, on he's, he's in public. He's not exactly sure what he's saying. Uh, but in which case, you know, you have to sort of wonder if this is his subconscious speaking, how is he going to be in dealing with actual male patients who are struggling or having issues? Like, is, could you imagine if, uh, somebody who's saying, yeah, I got this new therapy for women and I'm going to help them learn to become decent human beings. Could you imagine Yeah, that? no, no, no. That would never be allowed. No. Never be allowed. No. <laughs> women never. are perfect just the way they are. Yeah. Never. And, well, and also bear in mind the context. You know, he's on the Canadian Association for Equalities YouTube channel. He's being interviewed by someone that is sympathetic to men's issues mm. uh, that you probably wouldn't have to preface, you know, a conversation around men's needs under, but hey, dude, guys, I don't hate women. Before you get started, I love women. I'm a feminist. I have feminist friends. Okay, I just want to talk about how I can make men not kill women. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do on this so that they don't harm any more women in our society. And and yet, I mean, again, I, I, I don't want to get, like like you said, I don't want to get too heated here because I think on some level, there are a lot of people that are trying to do good, but they're using really bad tools and they they feel like they can't reject those tools because the person who gave it to them essentially can destroy their lives, but they also don't have any power because they're just a plucky underdog. And um, but yeah, like you would think that in in front of this guy on cafe, the guy who's interviewing him, he would be more able to to just talk about what men need without bringing women into it, without bringing feminism into it, without bringing any of this other stuff, because it, none of bringing, it none of it matters, you know. Without bringing this incredible level of judgment that yeah. that men who come into his office aren't already decent human beings. Who just happen to be struggling with mental health issues like that you know is it is it misandry or is it like uh something like uh uh anti-disability or um what what is it uh what do they call it ableism ableism like you know do you, do you think men aren't decent human beings or do you think that disabled people aren't decent decent human beings and incidentally mm. if you're like oh my god of course i think disabled people are in are decent human beings. Why is it so acceptable to think that men aren't decent human beings at their core in, in on average, just like women are decent human beings um, and would be more so presumably, you know, if they had the same expectations put on them that their gender identity is tied up with their morality, like men do. Um, that's a little bit of a digression, but um, so the idea here is that before they become they they enter his office he's already prejudged them as not being decent human beings and that through this process of therapy they are going to become so i don't know i don't think i'd want to go to a therapist that was assumed, i'd have to you know, yeah I, I i'd have to ask myself like what are the sessions yeah um but i don't know all right let's okay. play some more well, that's a very optimistic message, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that you had a largely positive response. Yeah, we. It's
We, we honestly thought the opposite was going to happen. We were preparing for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, you were prepared to, even though your, your, your entire framework frames men as the problem and essentially assumes that the average man isn't a decent person, or at least the average man who's struggling with mental health issues isn't a decent person, and you are willing to say this all this publicly, you still thought you were going to get pushback because you were just even attempting to help men, just even thinking about it. That should really give you pause about yeah. who, who is, who's developed and maintaining this zero-sum game. Yeah, why, because, why were you worried about that? But because you made sure, apparently, to describe men as being the problem, and to to describe men as being apparently not decent human beings or not whatever members of societies he said you 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 took pains to do that you weren't attacked well it's because you upheld the status quo which regards men as being the problem regards men as being a burden on society and regards the average man as being something akin to fucking satan okay that that's the status quo. Okay, I'm getting heated. I apologize. Mm. That is mm. the status quo. If you if you throw up all the status quo flags, you're not going to get attacked. But here's the thing: those attitudes towards men are actively harming their mental health. So we can throw up those flags and say, yeah, I I do believe. I I actually do believe that men are to blame. I do believe that men are a burden on society. I do believe that men need to learn to be decent human beings. And this is what I'm doing. I'm, uh, this is what I'm going to facilitate doing in my therape therapeutic approach towards men. I mean, you can do that, but you're still perpetuating the thing that is harming men's mental health and perpetuating the thing that causes men to, in many ways, go into the depressive spiral that leads to suicidal ideation. You know, a lot of men don't kill themselves because they're suffering. They kill themselves because they've convinced themselves they are the problem. And the obvious solution is to take the problem out because they are a burden on others. You don't solve that by saying, hey, oh, I see that you are struggling with suicide. Did you know how much of a burden you are on women and society? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I thought that this might, you, I thought that might have escaped your attention. You know, oh, no, 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 put the noose down. I, I have some things to tell you about how much of a burden you are, how much your privilege takes from the people that we should really be caring about. You know, you know how much you are to be blamed for the problems that women and minorities in society faces. You know, let's, let's have this discussion. Like, what, where do you think this is coming from? Where do you think that these delirious effects on men's mental health are coming from? Could it be? Could it be that we in our society have a hugely popular narrative about how men are burdens to society. You know, how men cause others to suffer. You know, oh man, geez. This just, this, this really, really bothers me. It also bothers me that we only have like 40 people watching. Like, where are you guys? No, like 50, but. I yeah. I guess it's it a Friday. It's a Friday. A Friday. Everyone's tired. All right, uh, Great Indoors 1979 gives us five euros and says, for the recognition and support. Thank you, Great Indoors. Um, I guess we'll keep going. So I think it kind of proves that uh, 
men and women are not enemies. We're really allies, you know, mm -hmm. and, and doing good things for men does not take anything away from women. It doesn't harm women. In fact, it probably does the opposite because if we have better men in our community who are more grounded, yeah. more mentally healthy and have better behaviors, that's going to benefit everybody, mm -hmm. right? Not just the men. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to pause it there for a second. Um, where does the idea that men and women are enemies comes from? Come from, yeah. Where does where it? Does where does the zero? Where does that come from? Where does the zero sum game come from? Who is it you're afraid to get backlash? Who is it that you are actually? I mean, if you don't genuinely believe it, and you you're you're just saying this in order to be able to operate without being you know molested by the the usual suspects. I who is doing this? Who's saying that there's a zero sum game? Like. Who has decided that if we recognize male victimhood or male vulnerability, that that somehow takes away from women? Mm -hmm. you know, who are you worried about? I'm sure you're not worried about us. You know that we, got, we have absolutely no ability to stop you, nor would we. Um, we, at most, would maybe present the idea that men should have an alternative to therapeutic options that follow this rather unique therapeutic modality with men in which instead of doing things like uh, unconditional positive regard or identifying um, identifying negative thought patterns or obtrusive thought patterns, instead of that, you, you sit men down and you say, now, how have you considered being a burden on others today? You know, how mm. can you shame yourself more? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely different than the usual modality that therapists use for, for, I guess, normal people like women. But it, at most, I think we would say perhaps we should have a different one for men as well. I mean, competing. See which, see which one ends up actually assisting men to a greater degree. A modality in which men are privileged. So we're, we're talking to men who have health issues, and we're telling them that they are privileged. We're telling them that we, we are going to improve them so that they stop harming women and minorities in societies. Uh, we're telling them that they come to us, but they're not decent people, but we will make them into decent people. See how that helps men, how well men respond to that, how well men think that that kind of modality assists them in overcoming their issues. And we could try a different modality, a separate modality, maybe a parallel modality in which we offer men support. We recognize their issues without caveats without saying well women must have it worse or without saying things like well you you're experiencing this despite being privileged which incidentally is is such it, it, i have worked with men who have to overcome that it is such it's like a it's like the brea tar pits of negative thought spirals that privilege idea it is it is absolutely deadly it sucks people to their, well, it sucks men to their deaths, essentially. But anyway, so we don't do that. We don't put our need to assert a particular version of how we see men and women first beyond helping men who are presenting with problems in, in the most efficient manner possible. We deal with men as individuals rather than as a collective to blame for the, the problems of society. So we will we'll, we'll try that. We'll try the feminist modality in which men go to their therapist and their therapist apparently tells them to take responsibility for the negative effect on women and girls, blames them for not having seen a therapist because that makes perfect sense for a man who's coming to a therapist to see a therapist 
and then also talks about privilege and all of this. And and incidentally, if you don't do that, and this is something, another thing that I've asked uh, feminist therapists about, because traditionalist therapists, actually, there's not a lot of traditionalists who are like, yeah, I'm a traditionalist therapist. I use traditional Christian values in my therapy. I, I haven't really heard that. So well, I, don't I think most people who are looking for help from more conservative types just go to their priest. Yeah. And their yeah, priest yeah. is basically a stand-in for that. So, or their, or yeah. their rabbi, or their, you know, imam, whatever. Um, yeah. But like educated professional therapists are usually like trained in academia. Yeah. Okay. So, so I haven't seen that. So I haven't really called it out. But I have talked to feminist therapists, and I've asked mm -hmm. them how they use feminist therapy in uh, in in a therapeutic uh, session. Most of them don't actually explain how it's useful in a therapeutic session. Actually, none of them have so far. But here's the thing. If you can't explain how feminism can be used positively in a therapeutic session with men, why is there feminist therapy for men? Like, mm -hmm. I, I ask, like, okay, so you have a man sitting in your office who is suicidal. How do you use feminism to improve the outcome for him? They have absolutely no answer for me. How do you use patriarchy theory to improve the outcome for him? Okay. How do you use recognition of his privilege to improve the outcome for him? How do you use toxic masculinity narrative to improve the outcome for him? Never have I gotten a concrete answer on how these feminist therapeutic interventions actually improve the mental health of men. And you know why? Because as soon as you force the rubber on the road, these therapists know that this stuff is toxic towards men's mental health. They can't even bring themselves. Oh, actually I had one therapist who was like, yeah, no, I would tell a teenage boy who was suicidal that his, his privilege brought him to this point and he needs to check it. I had one, yeah. I had one. But when you hear that, you understand how awful it is. You, when you walk through it logically and concretely, you understand how awful feminist therapy is for men in need. And the reason why it's awful for men in need is because it refuses to acknowledge that they are in need. It's like, it's fundamentally, it's like a doctor who refuses to acknowledge their patient is sick. How is that doctor going to treat anything? They're not. In fact, it's like a doctor who not only refuses to acknowledge that their patient is sick, but blames all of their symptoms on the patient. Okay. How is, that, how is that doctor going to treat that patient if they can't acknowledge that the symptoms that the, patron, the patient is experiencing isn't actually the fault of the patient? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I got a super chat from Scapegoat for $5, and he says, become, or B-E-C-U-M. Become, yeah. Become. Become. Albatross gives us $5 and says, if we recognize men's vulnerabilities, what that takes away precious time and energy that could be wasted on fake victims. There's your answer. Mm. Well, it's, it's a worldview. It's really hard to shake it. That's all mm -hmm. I can say. All right. Exactly. And society um, has, has pushed men into an area where they're less comfortable opening up and they're less comfortable showing stereotypically weak type behaviors and that's probably part of the bigger issue in itself and so if 
all people are supportive of men getting the help they so obviously need to improve their mental health function and then be better members of society, I think it would benefit everyone. All right. What did people say? Oh, sorry. Um, so that was the toxic masculinity narrative. The word wasn't used, but there was, I don't know if you caught that, but he says society, society pushed men into a position where they can't talk about their feelings and their, you know, being repressed or whatever. So what is society in this instance? Is it men? Is it, is it men? And then, because uh, it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's men. I think that okay, men me... open up around other men very, mm. very easily and frequently. Mm. I, I, like, if they're close to them, they absolutely do. I don't think it's mm. men, but it's mm -mm. society. But go ahead, Allison. What are you going to say? Well, okay. So he says that, well, first of all, men do attempt to access like prior to suicide men do attempt to access uh health uh, helping professions okay mm -hmm. so a high number of men who end up committing suicide have attempted to tell somebody in the helping professions or like the psychological or related professions so they are asking for help they're just not getting it so maybe it's not an issue of toxic masculinity, not wanting to reveal weakness. It's more of an issue that they are revealing and they aren't getting any kind of assistance that actually works. Maybe it's not the patient. Maybe it's the doctor. Um, and the other thing that I, it's actually sort of slipping my mind, so I might not be able to, to retrieve it. It's like, oh, yeah, OK. So, Brian, if there was a hot, a hot springs full of piranhas, would you want to go in it? No matter how therapeutic no. it was. Okay, no. <laughs> so wh what we're saying here is this therapist now has essentially in public said that when a man walks through the door, he regards him as not being a decent member of society or a productive member of society, that he, that he is broken in need of fixing and not just dealing with a mental health issue because you know, people with mental health issues are not broken people in need of fixing. They are people with, a, with, with an issue or a problem that they have lived with for however many years that they have lived with it. It's often tremendously painful, these, these mental health issues. So they have endured something tremendously painful. They're not broken people because they've gotten to that point. They have survived to that point. Okay? They are absolutely 100% um, authorities on how they have survived as an individual with a, a very difficult health condition. And so to, to, to first off the bat, regard them as broken in need of fixing by thinking that they aren't, aren't productive members of society. I think it was productive members of society or decent members of society is just, so a man walking into his office is going to know that this man thinks he is not a productive or decent member of society until he has seen the light uh, hmm. of feminism, you know, and he's, he's going to know that this individual thinks that the problem isn't the, the service that he's providing. But if, if, if this man doesn't respond positively or finds his service to be useless, then the problem is with him. Okay. 
So the reason why I asked you if you'd go into a hot uh, hot springs with a bunch of piranha, even though the hot springs totally therapeutic, is this man is demonstrating that the moment a man walks through the door of his clinic, he's going to be beset upon by incredibly discouraging, incredibly shaming, and incredibly disheartening views. He's going to be set upon by feminist piranhas. Why would any man volunteer for that? Now, again, he might just be, he might just be very careful publicly, and he may be like, yeah, you know, we leave the feminism at the door, we just put up the, the it's, it's like um, during the uh, Nanking, when the, the Japanese marched into Nanking, and there was a, there was a Nazi who strategically used the, the Nazi flag in order to protect Chinese peasants from being killed by the Japanese, the, the Japanese invaders. So we're just going to put that up there in the front, you know, and inside, actually what we're doing is really helping men. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's, that's where he's coming from. Like maybe he doesn't genuinely believe any of this. He's just putting the flag up and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look elsewhere, look elsewhere. You don't want to look here. Yeah. We're doing we're doing everything the way you want us to do. And then inside, you know, huddled around a fucking and under a blanket with a flashlight. He's like, yeah, actually, men are OK. They're, they're these human beings on average just because, you know, none of this really applies to men. Who knows? But we can only judge him based on what he's saying publicly. And publicly, he's essentially saying that he believes that men with mental health issues, maybe it's the mental health issues, maybe it's them being men, who knows, are not decent people. <laughs> Yeah. Our, 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 what, what was the word? The um, how did he describe productive, it? Productive, maybe. Product productive no, no, was, or what? Go back to one forty-four. Go back to one forty-four. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Um, we can derail a lot of these issues that are centered around men, and make sure that they get the support they need and become the incredible members of society they can. Okay, so I actually, it, apparently, they're not members of society. Mm -hmm. Incredible members of society that they can. And of course, the issues that he was referenced be before then were abuse and sexual abuse. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing that men coming into his clinic are assumed to be sexual and and uh, domestic abusers, so that they can resolve. Get giving men uh, therapy is not for their own sake, but for the rest of society's sake. Yes, but also there's that this idea that they can become members of society. I assume cr incredible well, is just a way of saying... Become incredible, saying like good, productive members of society, as opposed to potentially destructive. Yeah. I would say that that's probably the intent. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially considering what he says at the end. What does he say at the end? Let's go through it again. All right. Uh, go to here-ish, I guess. Typically weak, tight behaviors, and that's probably part of the bigger issue in itself. And so if all wait, people wait, wait. are weak, tight behaviors, no, 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 society no, um, has, has pushed men into an area where they're less comfortable opening up and they're less comfortable showing stereotypically weak, tight behaviors, and that's probably part of the bigger issue in itself. And so if all people are supportive of men getting the help they so obviously need to improve their mental health function and then be better members of society, I think it would benefit everyone. Better members of society. Yeah. 
Uh, and again, I you know I think it, it's 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 weird that there's no no one, and I don't know if this is just what education does, but no one ever says or asks the question, who is it? If if it's true that men are supposed to that are they are they are hiding their feelings, they're not talking about their suffering, their pain their issues, they try to fix their problems on their own. Uh, maybe it's stoicism, maybe they take it too far and they end up self-destructing because they don't want to be a burden on other people. Why aren't we talking about where that might come from? Because it's not coming well, from no, men. We, no, no, it's, no, it is. It, it, they, these individuals will say it's coming from men. Because to say that women have any involvement in it is, of course, uh, is, of course... Um, hatred of women. Yes. Yeah. Is this why they're dancing around the, this? Oh yeah, we don't hate women. We're feminist, etc. Because right. at some level, when you recognize men as victims and vulnerable because they're men, you have to recognize women's moral agency. And they regard recognizing women's moral agency as akin to hating women, because God knows women aren't moral individuals. They're right. just a, a, an amorphous, homogenated blob that of of respect receptacles. Yes, so, it's basically just a the the whammon, the symbolic whammon, the the organism, the hive mind known as whammon. And so you can't yeah. criticize any of them because if you do, you're criticizing all of them. Ah, uh, yeah. That to the whole thing. So yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. The, like, and this is the thing I have to ask. If this is the way that you're going to view the dynamic between men and women to where if women actually come out in support of men, it's shocking. Um, and that you have to preface services for men before you even talk about what those services are by saying, you know, before I get started, just know everyone, especially the powerful, you know, people who gave us the money to make all of this possible. I don't hate women. I'm one of you here. I'm wearing my feminist label. You know, this is what a feminist look like. I'm wearing the shirt. Don't destroy me. Okay, now, now let's talk about how we, how society makes men, which basically means men and patriarchy, uh, makes men this way and it's their fault. And we just got to figure out how we can help them so they don't hurt any more women. Mm. And this is okay. services for men. And yeah. And also, interestingly enough, in this society, which is all about identifying and ameliorating or ending problems that men face. I, I, I don't know if there's a better word than ameliorating, but uh, like resolving problems. So we live in a patriarchy that privileges men, right? And men yeah. get, get they're first in line. And yet in this patriarchy that privileges men and puts men first in line identifying problems that men face is fraught with social ostracism. Mm -hmm. How do you put men first if you can't identify any of the problems that they face or if you're not allowed to talk about them or offer services? Yeah. This, the, it's, 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 it's a pretzel. It's a, it's a snake eating its own tail. This, this entire belief system is a snake eating its own tail. Like they're obviously, they, the, the two of them act... Now, I don't want to get the, the, the interviewer into too much, but they act like they are scared of something. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that they are scared of something and they are advocating for men's issues. And they are mm -hmm. scared 
of some power that is lurking over their shoulder. And the moment that they advocate for men or recognize men's vulnerabilities or recognize men's victimhoods, that's power is going to go after them unless they, they very carefully, very carefully disguise or, or couch what they're saying in terms palatable to this powerful entity that they are demonstrating incredible fear for. Now compare this to the average feminist talking about women's issues. Does she ever come across as this fearful, this circumspect, this showing their her belly to whatever powers that be? You know, I I know that these 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 problems. Uh, I'm not trying to say that they're more important than men's problems. I'm not trying to say that women aren't ultimately to blame for their own problems. And I'm also not trying to say that my therapy isn't going to take women with, with anxiety and depression and, and, and women who are suffering mental health issues, isn't going to take those women and teach them how to be productive, decent members of society. You know, I'm, I'm not going, my therapy isn't going to go into it and start saying that women aren't to blame for their own problems. My therapy isn't going to do, isn't going to do anything but, but accuse femininity as being the source of women's own problems. I, so, so don't, don't, don't shut me down. Don't socially ostracize me. I'm trying to make sure that everybody knows that I am not blaming men for women's problems. Can you imagine that? No, Could you, I mean, that, that I, would never, that never no, happens. No, it would not fly. It, it would not fly. Well, it just wouldn't, it is not necessary. Like no. feminist, feminist women and feminist men to a lesser degree, when they are talking about the issues women face, they get up on stage proud, demanding, arrogant. They unfurl their list of issues and they say, why haven't these issues been addressed yesterday? And they don't demonstrate any kind of fear over blaming men for these issues. That's the fear that these men are demonstrating. They're demonstrating mm-hmm. the fear of blaming women for these issues. They're mm-hmm. demonstrating, and what's interesting is what they are demonstrating says a lot about the, the, the society and the uh, industry that they work within. Well, in fact, um, feminists blame men for things that aren't men's fault all the time. And, you know, they, they will lay all the blame on men and no, and without fear. And men generally accept it. They even take the blame for things they didn't do. Uh, but yeah. these guys can't. It's not even about blaming women. It's about accepting that women are a part of the society that you keep leaving them out of by just calling it society as a way of dodging what women do. Like, I, I, you know, when mm-hmm. I, 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 that's why I, I kind of like tried to hold Rose Riss' feet to the fire when I said, what is society if not men and women? And what is society mm-hmm. if not women? Like, and I, I mentioned mm-hmm. women's social power and, you know, I, it just like, I, he, it was like he didn't think that that was possible. And I was like, no, like, it's a reality. I'm not saying it's everything, but women just by existing, they have influence over men. I mean, that like mm-hmm. literally existing because we can remove all of their agency and it's still men are doing things for them. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't 
just you you can't ignore that. Can't remove like, it. It's yeah, you can't remove it. It's like and it it doesn't turn things into a battle. It turns no. things into an equitable exchange. Like the, the funny thing is, is that the other thing that I noticed is that these two individuals seem to think that uh, first of all, that there's a zero sum game. Well, no, there isn't a zero sum game. The reality is recognizing men's issues will help women because it'll bring in the entire data set into all of the non-gendered issues like domestic violence and sexual assault, which don't have a gender. Okay. So th then we will start to be able to make real world solutions that actually make a difference. Okay. Now, what's really fascinating about what they're saying is that, you know, they, they talk about there not being a conflict between men and women. And it's like they have just they have just tiptoed through no man's land and they've disguised themselves very carefully in order to not be apprehended by the enemy and when they finish that and they have successfully taken uh this uh they've taken these steps to get through no man's land almost to the point where they're basically defecting to the enemy and they turn around and say well there's no war i got through well <laughs> Yes, there is. There is most definitely a conflict here. You are demonstrating that the conflict ex it exists by your very behavior, by your obsequious, subservient behavior. You are demonstrating there is an asymmetrical power at work. You shouldn't have to do this. There mm -hmm. shouldn't be a conflict. You are demonstrating there is one. There should not be a conflict. And it is not people on the side of recognizing the issues that men face that started this particular conflict. It's, it, I mean, we're so minimal, we couldn't have possibly started the conflict. So it's like this conflict exists. You can't pretend it doesn't when you're, you are literally behaving in such a way that you recognize on some incredibly intuitive level that the conflict does indeed exist. You're like, oh, by the way, there's this conflict, but I, we managed to avoid it by appearing to be the enemy. Yay. There's no mm -hmm. conflict. No, 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 no. There is a conflict. And the way that you get through the conflict is not by constantly uh, behaving in such a way that the enemy doesn't find you to be a danger to them. The yeah. way that you get through this conflict is by stick. Is it? You don't even have to. Uh, I'll use a non-military metaphor. If you really believe that this conflict doesn't exist, then you need to call it out when people create it. Okay? And it's not when people react to the creation of the conflict that someone else has made. So, I mean, I don't, I don't say that the majority of people who engage in domestic violence are women or the majority of people who engage in rape and sexual assault are women. I don't say things like that. I'm not saying that those issues are gendered. There is a group of people that is, though. They insist yeah. that it's gendered. And they insist that they make this, these issues gendered, and then they insist by the fact that they've made these issues gendered that this says something about the other gender. And that needs to be called out. You can't call it out by tiptoeing around it or ignoring it. And if you really want to help men, you got to put that first, helping men first before maintaining any particular ideology and maintaining any particular belief about how the genders fall out and what what gender is like you know the 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 that men are this and women are that yeah and um i mean it's like they don't want the conflict to be there but they blame everybody who's recognizing that the other people have come onto the field with guns 
<laughs> you may say there's no conflict, but they're shooting at us. So, unfortunately, at that point, there's a conflict. And mm. like I said, I don't believe in the gendered nature of oppression, the gendered nature of domestic violence, the gendered nature of, of sexual assault, the gendered nature of non-gendered social ills. I don't believe in it. You know, if if I were the one who who created this situation, or if I was the 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 power that these people are tiptoeing around, I would be fine with women creating shelters for women, and I would be fine with them creating shelters for men, and I would not want either of those groups of people to have to tiptoe around anyone in assisting those who need assistance. That's where I'm from. I'm at, but I recognize that there are people already in the field. Who are not playing by those rules, mm. and you you don't get anywhere by not recognizing it. Well, I mean, the fact is that they they do recognize it because their behavior speaks to it. Anyway, that's what I have yeah. to say. All right. Well, uh, we've gone for an hour. I know that we're yep. going to do more on Sunday, so we could uh, stop it here. Call it a day. Yeah, we call it here. And what we'll do is, uh, I don't know if Prim's gonna like watch the full length one or if she just wants to rant about this, but I have time codes that we didn't get to, so I could just use those on um, Sunday. We could like talk okay. more about it. Sure. Essentially, I, I mean, like, the, at the end of the day, you know, again, I'm sure that Cameron is well meaning. I don't wanna like, uh, uh, you know, infer his intentions. But the problem is, is that like one of the things that did come up that I thought was pretty interesting was that in order to be a therapist in, uh, according to this guy at cafe, so this might just apply to Canada, but I'm not, you, you have to have like a, a PhD or something like that. Um, and so people with master's degrees can't do this uh, work, according to, again, the guy at cafe. And I thought that was interesting because it just means you had to be more educated and more indoctrinated before you can help people. If the, cause I mean, like when you go to school to learn, you're not going to learn about the stuff that we talk about here. I think that one of the things that um, adds further complexity to this is that understanding um, feminism, not only as a set of philosophical ideas, which basically just carry traditionalism forward in a lot of ways, in most ways, um, isn't just something that you're going to learn in your psychology courses. You're probably not. But it's also there's also you know other uh, philosophical ideas behind it that you have to question. History, um, you know, which you, I, I don't think there is such thing as a non-feminist history interpretation in any school anywhere. So um, you just think about that. Like, what are you going to take away if you get a PhD in with the intention of helping men? you know, in therapy. Well, you're, you're, I mean, what does the APA consider its guidelines, which is the standard by which basically most Western countries operate. So there are, there are defaults that are in place that people haven't questioned. And so they're just going to mm. carry that forward. You know, you're just going to think toxic masculinity, that makes sense. And I'm just going to carry that forward. And that was like, the APA just has all of that crap in there. It's like, um, you know, you get well-intentioned people to do destructive things to men and they haven't they haven't thought about whether or not it's the right thing to do i mean maybe they just assume that it is because it's coming from all of the institutions and 
colleges and it's like well these people must know better because why would they be professors right so mm, mm, yeah okay all right. well i think we can yeah let's uh so everybody so just so you know we're going to be doing a, a more in-depth look into this deeper dive into this podcast on sunday at 7 p.m e or sorry 8 p.m eastern or around 8 p.m eastern so come back be on then the lookout for, for that yeah yeah for prim's for prim's prim's insight into this um now when i say all this you know like i'm i'm with brian you know the, this individual could be completely well-meaning like i said he could be putting up a false front in order to be able to operate with you know with relative freedom in the back room so shall we say but uh at the, but at the same time i can only take him by his words the what he's presented in public yeah i agree um, agree i'm not giving him a pass but you know i, I yeah go ahead Okay, so I just wanted, I don't have anything else to say, just uh, feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz to support Brian Prim and Hannah's work for the month. And uh, you can also go to feedthebadger.com and just follow the pop-ups. Or you can set up a subscription if you really like us, because you can get lots of, of behind-the-scenes content. It's really mm -hmm. exciting. Get to talk to us, etc. Uh, once again, that's feedthebadger.com. And back to Brian for All whatever right. concluding thoughts. Well, I got some super chats and then I'll just close oh, okay. it out. So uh, Vernon Meeks gives us $10 um, and he says, well, he did two super chats for $10. I'll read them both because I think even though there's another super chat in between, I don't want to break it up. So he says, mm. saw the video myself, despicable. Any group that alleges to care about men that has to bend the knee to women to feel permitted to do so, that is to care about men. Uh, is not for men's issues as an end in itself. Exactly. This is something that Vernon has talked about. I had him on the show uh, for a fireside chat before, and I agree. I think that mm -hmm. um, it, 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 men's issues are an end unto themselves. Women don't have to have yes. anything to do with it. But for mm -hmm. some reason, there are people who constantly have to tell us, look, I'm helping men, but I'm not going to kill any women while I'm doing it, okay? It's like, no, obviously not. That's retarded. Um, yeah, then you don't continues. need to tell us that. Yeah, you don't like, need to tell us that. Just... It's again, I'm wearing the label feminist, guys. That means I don't want to murder or rape them. It's like, mm. fuck your labels. That's, that doesn't determine anything. In fact, it's, yeah. it's easy to wear it like a cloak so that you can, like, you know, do serious damage to men, women, whoever. And then you get to say, but I'm a feminist. I wouldn't do that. Look, label. Look. Look at my label. <laughs> it's like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Just be good. Stop calling yourself something that's good and be good. All right. Yeah. Um, he gives us $10 again and says, it's no better than the men's issues affect women too. bit of women worsting that too many use as a primary, if not only reason and goal for the men's issues awareness. I agree with that too. I've, I've, there's plenty of like MRAs that try to work with feminists. And so that means they have to work for feminists and bend the knee to their ideas. By saying, look, if we help men, we'll also be helping women. It's like, how about go fuck yourself? I just want to help men. I don't give a shit, mm. you know? Mm. Um, the great in... Yeah, oh, go ahead, Allison, go ahead. Yeah, well, I wanted to say something to that. Like, there are benefits for, for to women for men being healthy. and uh, But that is not to say that seeking a healthy men should be should be couched in this idea that men women are never to blame for the harms done to men for some reason i like i i'm still baffled 
why recognizing women's moral agency is some kind of evil misogyny. Like, women are moral agents. They are moral individuals. They do things. They do bad things, possibly at the same rate as men. They just get away with them more because of our social attitudes of not wanting to recognize them as moral and uh, moral individuals. So it's like that that's not it, it is not disrespect to women to recognize their individual moral agency, that there can be incredibly bad women who have an incredibly bad effect on men. And there can be good ones. In fact, it's sort of suspicious that the first thing that feminism does is that, yeah, women can't have a bad effect on men. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like they're, they're covering their tracks. But It's you know, society. It's, like, it's society. If it's society, it's, like, it's not women. Yeah, but it's like th th this is not evil or hateful towards women. Far from it. It is the very foundation for developing an individual sense of self and efficacy in the greater world. It's like mm -hmm. it's it's basically taking the time to mentor women as moral agents, which has incredible benefits in their day to day life in terms of managing issues of uh, like anxieties, issues of achievement, issues of, of productivity. Like it's it's like it's really critical. This is a critical part of of teaching women. And for some reason. Our society regards it to be hateful towards women to teach and assist them in becoming their own moral individuals. Yeah. You know, and, and so anyway, that is not hateful. So we don't, helping men doesn't need to be about making sure we're, at the end of the day, we're helping women, even though helping men does, at the end of the day, help women. If it is done in such a way that we put men's needs first, then we start to recognize women as moral agents, that assists women in the long run. We start to, um, to help develop men's ability to manage these emotions. And that doesn't make them part, like, it, 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 that doesn't make them non-decent human beings prior to learning this stuff. It just gives them an additional cool toolkit, okay? It's like buying a, a new, uh, a new uh, power drill. It's, it's not, it doesn't, you know, having a new power drill doesn't make you a better person, mm -hmm. which is what, what apparently they're trying to assert. So it's like you don't you help men, but don't don't frame it in terms of, oh, our ultimate goal is to is to make it so that men don't hit, you know, don't hit, don't kill, don't rape women, because yeah. probably the men who are going to him for help aren't ever going to do any of those things anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's like that's that. So don't frame it as in men who need help aren't decent human beings. Um, don't frame it as in the only reason why we're helping men is to stop them from hitting, raping, and, and killing women. Um, don't frame it as in, yeah, we're, we're going to assist men in, so that they stop uh, perpetuating pra uh, patriarchal oppression of women. You know, get rid of all those frameworks. Just help men because they need help. The end. Yeah, yeah. Ima imagine um, that what's, what's uh, is fascinating about this is... It's not, it's misogyny if we don't put women front and center, even when we're talking about men's problems. Like that, that, that's, that's the standard for misogyny now. It's basically like we, we want to talk about men's issues and we don't want it to revolve around women's comfort or benefit. We want it to just be mm. for men's benefit, right? And that is and misogyny because you didn't stop everything to t explain in in vivid detail why women are gonna like gonna be happy about this and it's weird too because it's like 
Do women need that kind of convincing to feel as though, okay, men, you're allowed to get help now, as long as I know I'm getting something out of it. Like, no, because he was clearly surprised at how much support he got from women. Mm. Yeah, and that's the other thing. He could have gotten support from women who weren't feminist and were just like, oh, yay, yeah. a men's initiative, you know? Um, and they didn't actually look very closely at the messaging he was making. Because I can tell you mm. there'd be a lot of women who's like, what the f like you're you're telling my husband who's dealing with anxiety disorder, like anxiety issues, that he's not a decent human being, that you're yeah. going to stop him from raping and killing and murdering women, or raping, killing, and hitting women. Like, yeah. do you really have it out for men with mental health problems? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just, just, yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. But I just I just wanted to say that so. Uh, yes, mm. Verdon, thank you for the super chat. Great Indoors 1979 gives us five euros and says, men need to show produce before they can be accepted as humans, but why would men even wish to be accepted by today's society? What's the upside? None. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be really honest with you. Like, before men would get something of a positive identity by, by actually doing the work to benefit society and women, at this point, no. Like at this point, it seems like at least ideology, like women who are possessed by this particular ideology don't even want to give men their own identity as men, as, as a, as a benefit to, to the service that men do to society and to women. Like they don't mm -hmm. even want to say, this is how you develop a positive identity. Part of it is how you treat women. You know, part of it is how you treat other men. Part of it is how you treat whatever, I don't know, chihuahuas. It doesn't, you know, like they, they don't even want to give men a separate identity. And so what is it that men are getting from participating in this society? Nothing. Like, it, I'm going to be completely bluntly obvious. Like, it's a bad deal. Don't yeah. bother. All right. I know that's All a bit right. depressing, but that doesn't mean that you can't participate in this society. You know, mm -hmm. the one that we're sort of developing. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, let's keep going. Thomas Dean gives us $5 and says, given what Prim has said about the studies slash books she's had to read for her degree, I'm not surprised by this guy's attitude at all. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's just like, mostly it's just education and that, you, you know, you spend so much time in university, so mm -hmm. much money, so much debt. You're just going to like, you know, carry all that with you. And it's really difficult, I think it can be, really difficult for people to unplug all of that, you know, those that, that, that narrative from this work. So, Great Indoors 1979 gives us five euros and says, I seriously think that someone like Lewis Rossman offers better counseling for men. Well, yes. you guys could check out Regarding Men, too. Uh, they do pretty good work and they don't, obviously it's not in this feminist framework if you're looking for mm. something. So No, but I, I agree. Like the, a community that, well, Lewis Rossman probably can't necessarily, probably isn't plugged in enough to necessarily keep a community like this, but a community that in which men are interested in helping other men and do not have this particular attitude towards um, men are this way, women are this way, or, or maintaining a particular ideological viewpoint of gender, you know, and are actually in position where they're, they oppose the um, forcing this onto other men 
is probably one of the best and healthiest places for men to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. all the super chats. So great. Now I will wrap it up. So if you guys uh, like this video, please hit like, subscribe if you're not already subscribed, hit the bell for notifications, leave us a comment. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. And find the button, close it out. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on today's show. We'll talk to you guys in the next video. We'll see you Sunday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.